This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. In this episode, I'm talking with Kolomono Ku, who goes by Ko. He's a really cool guy from Hawaii who is a singer, songwriter, and piano player. And um, he's been doing some pretty cool things with that. What I was so surprised about, though, was that he got some of this, uh, when I asked him how he got this interest in music, the story that unfolds. One clue is the TV show Leave it to Beaver. The other clue is the TV show The Monsters and maybe spaghetti westerns. Here's Ko. Hey Ko, welcome to Glistening Particles. Hey Jane, thank you so much for having me today. So um, you are another one of my Instagram finds, and let's start by telling people kind of the magic of what you do. Sure. Well, my name's Cole Monaku. Um, I go by Ko. I'm a singer, songwriter, piano composer from Hawaii, and Basically, I love to create music. Um, I've, I've created music for, for island styles, but more recently I've been playing a lot more piano music, so solo piano. And specifically in the genre of Disney piano arrangements, original arrangements, as well as some um, Christian, contemporary Christian piano arrangements. You know, I've been checking them out on Instagram and obviously pretty smitten with your beautiful piano playing. You know, I, <laughs> I was you. wondering when I started watching them and listening, I was wondering what drew you to the Disney themes. Right. So my heart for composing and creating music is that it would just be a positive experience for anyone who has the opportunity to listen to. And I realized very quickly that no matter where you come from across the world, it's it's pretty hard not to like Disney. Um, so <laughs> I totally agree. I, I, I just felt like being able to compose and arrange um, Disney pieces in a way that people could listen to it could be a way to positively uh, influence them in some way, shape, or form. So are you taking um, existing Disney songs and rearranging them, or are you writing songs that would fit Disney stories? Well, I hope one day I could write some yeah. songs for Disney that fit their stories. Uh, for the time being, it seems to work out really well 
for um, people who enjoy piano music to play, maybe rearrange mm -hmm. actual songs that people have heard before and that I've been able to connect to from mm -hmm. a long time ago. So as of right now, it's, um, it's mostly rearrangements of existing Disney music. Mm. They're beautiful. Absolutely. Actually, you. you kind of look like you could be in a Disney movie, like you could be one of the Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got this. I don't know if it's because of like Aladdin or, you know, I think there's a couple uh, of uh, Disney. There's a Disney movie that takes place in Hawaii. You just right. have this like really great look for one of those characters. So Thank you. You got that going too. <laughs> I guess the closest one would be uh, Moana that just came out last year. The main character who was casted, she was actually, she went to my high school back in Hawaii. What? So such a small world. Um Everyone in Hawaii and kind of in the Pacific Island realm just adores that movie. So oh. I definitely had to do an arrangement for uh, the main theme from that song. <laughs> I don't think I've movie. seen that one. Now I'm going to have to go see it. I thought I'd seen oh, all yeah. of them because I'm like highly recommended. <laughs> so what's it called again? It's called Moana. It should be on Netflix. Okay. Um, yeah, totally checking Netflix. it out. Okay, I'm on it because. I, even though I'm an adult and my kids are mostly grown, I still absolutely love the Disney movies. They're just such a good feel, you know? And that's, yeah, that's what I realized quickly was that as much as the kids enjoy the music, the parents mm -hmm. also can connect to it as well. And it just seems in general that parents love the same if, the ki if their kids love it, then the parents are probably going to like it as well. So it just seems to work out that way. Good plan. So besides <laughs> the piano, what other instruments do you play? Right. So I started with the piano when I was about four years old. And then from there, I expanded and kind of went through uh, several instruments, including the guitar, drums, bass, saxophone. Um, ukulele is really popular in Hawaii. So... Mm. Most of the kids have an upbringing of at least playing in what we call jamming in the mm -hmm. backyard and ukulele. So I want to learn I how to play that. That's on my bucket list, actually. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a really small guitar, and um, <laughs> it's a little easier to play than guitar. I mean, all you really need are three chords and the truth anyways to play some good music. So. <laughs> three chords and the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I saw uh, one clip where you were doing so many things at the same time, and it always just blows my mind. So you had a saxophone, a piano, or a keyboard, um, some gadgets, for lack of knowledge, that look like, right. yeah, what were those things? Loops? No, what were they? Yeah, it's called a, a loop station. Yeah. And I was just baffled by how you could do so many things at once, plus to really top it all off and make it completely impressive you were singing at the same time. So how do you get Thank to the you. point where you can do all of that at the same time? Right. Well, I'm a, as a full-time musician, part of being a full-time musician is playing live shows. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to figure out a way to create a full sound with mm -hmm. one person. So... I came across this and some of my friends in Hawaii really have mastered this style of playing live and it, we call it looping, mm -hmm. where basically you take one instrument, um, you take one instrument, usually it's guitar, and then you just loop multiple parts. You could loop a rhythm, you could loop a, a bass line even, um, beatboxing, mm -hmm. and then you can sing over it. So it kind of creates this one-man band type of feel. And the reason I love looping from keyboards um, specifically is that you can emulate all the different types of sounds. Mm -hmm. So through a keyboard, 
I could not only emulate a piano sound, I could, I could play electric piano, strings, um, even some of the keyboards, you can emulate guitar sounds really well wow. and synths. So it just, it was a learning experience for me, kind of diving into it. And uh, I've just had so much fun. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that experience um, just in learning how to loop. <laughs> Is it one of your favorite, like favorite ways to play or do you prefer to be with one instrument? You know, that Jane, that question has changed with the seasons. Mm -hmm. And I just feel in this season specifically, I, I feel really called to kind of go back to the bread and butter playing piano. So yeah, as much as I love looping and gigging here and there, I just really love the sound of the piano, the intimacy mm -hmm. of the instrument, and the way that it can convey and bring out emotions mm -hmm. from those who are listening to it. If it's played correctly. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Not when I'm playing it, that's for sure. <laughs> and I don't know how to play, so that's part of it. Um, so I was listening to the song that you put up, Living With You. Mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I assume you. you wrote that. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that song. Sure. Um, so I guess part of my background is um, I and my belief system in our family, we just we really believe in faith being the foundation and the cornerstone of all that we do. And um, I just think it's really important that people are able to connect with their faith in some way, shape or form throughout their lives. And for me specifically, it was developing a relationship with God and having a relationship with Jesus. And um, I wrote living with you specifically um, in a season where I just got to married and we lived in Hawaii and we're having a blast, but we really felt called to move away for a season. Mm. So we actually relocated to Los Angeles as of a few months ago. Um, we still get to visit Hawaii all the time. It's mm -hmm. pretty close, but um, we are in a new season Season and being in Los Angeles. And I wrote that song as um, kind of just an affirming way of knowing that it doesn't really matter where we're going, mm -hmm. but that we understand the reason why we are called to go where we are mm. to go. And for me, I, my wife and I just felt like um, God was calling us to Los Angeles to be with the people specifically in Malibu. So we ended up getting a place really close to Malibu and we just try to find ways to serve in the community over there. And, and um, it's been such a blessing so far, but really we wouldn't have taken this leap of faith if it weren't for having that foundational um cornerstone in our faith so what called you to malibu because i think i, I think malibu calls me too but it might be for different reasons so <laughs> it's mainly yeah, for like the ocean <laughs> but anyway right so i would say my number one passion besides um besides music in general is surfing i oh, love surfing okay. i grew up surfing and you know in hawaii we're just so spoiled with these amazing breaks and it's kind of summer year-round quote unquote just because it doesn't get we don't have white christmases or anything if anything we just have sandy christmases and <laughs> lots of surf so i knew that i mean surfing really is an outlet for me mm -hmm. in addition to music to kind of just um finding that place where we can let out that that tension or any stress we have and malibu was on our hearts for some time, not we, my wife and I have a lot of family up here in California. So we okay. wanted an opportunity to spend more time with them on a regular basis. And they happened to be around the, 
Malibu area. So we ended up coming up here and staying with family for a little bit. And, you know, we just, it was such a nice area in Agora, Malibu, and Thousand Oaks, really. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the area in Los Angeles where we ended up, where we end up living now. And, um, but really it was just a combination of the people, like you said, the mm-hmm. oceans, the surf, and, uh, it was a new experience for me because I had never worn a wetsuit in my life in the water. <laughs> Hawaii waters are just so warm. You can always just go in with some swim shorts. and It's awesome. Wow. You can't do that in Los Angeles, especially in the winter season. It gets uh, pretty chilly in the water. I bet. I bet. Yeah. So what's different about surfing aside from the wetsuit in um, Malibu compared to Hawaii? Mm. Well, I would have to say that it's way more crowded in Malibu. Uh, There's just more people in general in California mm-hmm. than in Hawaii. Um, the, the Hawaii breaks are pretty crowded, but Malibu is a, a different level. Um, <laughs> so, honestly, I didn't really set high expectations for the surf when coming to California, but I would say the first three weeks I was out here, the surf was comparable to Hawaii, maybe a little bit better. And mm-hmm. I was just so surprised. Um, Huh. The wave is wave is longer, a little more crumbly, and even though there's more kelp beds, um, when it's when it's really windy, uh-huh. it gets really windy in Hawaii for the uh-huh. surf, and it just seems like in Malibu, it's not as windy. I mean, it is, but the surf is just a little cleaner. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. So, what did yeah. you what did you um, find? Like, what is it that's like keeping you there? What's special about it besides surfing? Are you connecting with people in a different way than you were able to do in Hawaii? Are you you integrating with the community in a new way? Yes. uh, It was the perfect opportunity for my wife and I just to kind of step out of the boundaries of being really comfortable in Mm -hmm. Hawaii. We have all our friends and we're plugged in and, you know, we had our jobs lined up and, we figured that, you know, before we have kids and whatnot, why not take a shot and try something different, change it up? I mean, mm. we didn't we didn't want to look back on this season of life 20 years later and just think, man, I wish we did a little leap of faith right there. I just mm-hmm. jumped into something. Um, as you know, Los Angeles is presented with much more opportunity, I think, regardless of what career field you're in. Um, mm-hmm. for, for me making connections to the music scene over here is um, really impactful for whether or not we stay in Los Angeles in the future or we move to somewhere else. Uh, We just felt like it was a good time to go and connect. Um, For me, music and for my wife was marketing. um, So far, it's just been amazing. It's been a good experience. Uh, There's some growing pains. And then Uh there are moments where it's like, oh, I really miss home. Like, why? why would I leave Hawaii? And I've gotten asked that question so many times. <laughs> Honestly, the answer is we just felt called to be here right now. Okay. So is it a permanent thing, do you think? I don't know. Okay, um, just letting it... It didn't start out that way. I thought, like, oh, that's going to be a season. And mm-hmm. maybe the season's going to be really long. Maybe okay. the season's going to be short. But um, I guess that's to be determined. Yeah. Um. So have you felt, how have you felt like it, it is to be in the music industry in LA to like get to know people and make connections? How is that? Is it easier or harder than you thought? I, I'm a total island boy when mm-hmm. it comes down to it. I'm used to the Hawaii life and making 
all my connections from music over the better part of a decade now were made in Hawaii and in New Zealand, Australia, all that, every, that whole circle in the Pacific, that's mm -hmm. kind of where I, I did all my networking. So to jump across the ocean and end up in Los Angeles, it's a totally different pond for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good growing experience because it takes me out of, like I said, it takes me out of being comfortable and it brings me to a place where it's like, okay, just go out and do it regardless of what the outcome is, there's going to be growth throughout this whole process. So it's been really fun to kind of just jump in and, you know, just be available to help anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm learning that if you can get almost anything you want in life, if you're able to just help you enough others get what they want. So that's really, kind of something. Yeah. Too. I really love your outlook like that, because I think that's, something that people struggle with when they want to, you know, make their career or make their mark in their field. You know, they it's like this on one hand, it's, I want to get there, I want to get there, I want to get there. And on the but that's like almost creates the opposite experience, because yes. it pushes it away. But the minute that you turn it around to how can I help others, it opens <clears> the doors. Do you have you found that? Or do you have any like specific experiences around that? Well, I guess just going off of what you said, Jane, is that um, that you can help enough others. And that's that's really, I mean, personally, I feel like that's why we're here in this right. world. Um, and like you said, it's not about the destination, but it's about consistently every day making that effort or that decision. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go out there and how can I be a blessing to someone? And you really find over time that it's not even in the most extravagant of ways. It mm -hmm. could be something as small as for example um this week my auntie's out of town so we just offered to um just take care of her dog she has one puppy and um a crazy puppy at that but <laughs> we just felt like okay this is a small opportunity to just kind of lessen the load a little bit mm -hmm. on one of our family members so we'll be watching her dog for the next few days as she's out of town for the thanksgiving holiday mm -hmm. um but just little things um you know, even if it's helping someone at the grocery store <laughs> carry their things out. We just did that the other day. And um, you, there's just so much more fulfillment in helping others um, coming to understand than just pouring it all into like, how can I benefit from this scenario? Or how right. can, how is this going to elevate me to the next level? Instead of envisioning some ladder that you have to climb to get to the right. top, like, what can I do along the way? And just being coherent in every moment and knowing that this is an opportunity to pour into someone, even if it's something small. And it can turn out to make a big difference in others' lives, definitely. You know, you just um, created a great mental image for me I'd like to share in case the listeners sure. um, get this. So, you know, I pictured the ladder and how that, like, that always seems like the hard way to go. You know what I mean? It's the, <laughs> usually there are, people are in a suit and their briefcase and they're super uncomfortable. And so I kind of picture that. And then when you talked about the next part, I kind of pictured this like pathway through a beautiful park, you know, and mm -hmm. along, it's like really enjoying the journey and really enjoying the people you meet along the way and the experiences and that ultimately you get to the same place. Right. But you do it with joy and and by contributing along the way rather than just like, I don't know, jamming it in there as hard as you can, you know? It's I like understand, yes. Yeah, it's good, good <laughs> visual. You know, I was listening to something today about that, about um, every everything that we do, we want to bring our presence 
You know, it's not about our words mm-hmm. or not about our anything else. It's about our presence. If we're fully there and we're fully engaged, it just creates a, the best experience for everyone involved. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. I mean, have you... So I know you said you were you have a strong faith, and so I imagine you had a mm-hmm. great church involvement back in Hawaii. Have you found that yes. in, in L.A.? Have you found your home there? Yes, we found a church down in Malibu. It's called Vintage Malibu, and it was actually a church that just got planted a couple weeks after we moved to the Los Angeles. So the timing really was impeccable. <laughs> Synchronicity, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny how life works out that way sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, more often than not, really. And so... We've been serving over there. They have a, what they call it a worship team is the music team mm-hmm. that plays on Sundays. So I've been fortunate enough to connect and network with the, the music team at Vintage Malibu. Um, a lot of kids from Pepperdine go there. It's okay. right next to the university. Oh, that's um, a beautiful university too. Nice area. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a good, it's a good target of college kids. Um, I, I graduated from, from school, my undergrad a few years ago. So it's it just seems like the right church for us right now just the opportunity to pour into these kids you know what we were just there a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago Mm -hmm. so um, we really feel called to that church right now that's great i i like to hear that you found the right place for you and wow what a weird coincidence yeah that's it was it was waiting for you to get there it sounds like Mm -hmm. so do you uh when you write do you collaborate with other people at all or do you typically write alone when you write music? I do both. Okay. Yeah. So I would say maybe for the better part of five years, I had really been focused on um, songwriting. I I did a bunch of touring back in Hawaii for years with a couple of bands and we'd always write songs. And the, the main commercial scene over there in Hawaii and throughout the Pacific is island music. Mm-hmm. So it's island, island reggae and Fortunately, I got in with this one band that was just getting hot called mm-hmm. Kolohe Kai. Kolohe Kai means in Hawaiian, translates to rascals in the water, which was fitting because I love surfing. And it was just a, just a blast <laughs> traveling and playing with those guys. Um, fortunately, through that opportunity, I got to meet a lot of people out in the Pacific. And we, we got to travel to some really cool places. Um, we got to travel to Guam and Saipan and Japan and New Zealand and Australia. And so it's such a blessing to be able to, to hit those areas once or twice a year. I don't nearly tour as much as I used to, but we carve out a couple weekends um, throughout the year to go and travel there. But what I found is that as we enter these different areas with different cultures, um, it really affects the writing. Hmm. Well, at least for me, as I just feel as I'm able to experience new places and, and new relationships with new people from all over the world, it, it affects your outlook on life. So translating to a songwriting perspective, I love collaborating with others, whether it's reggae music or whether it's through contemporary Christian music. Um, there's something really special about collaborating with other people because if you find the right person or group of people to collaborate with it, mm-hmm. you, you realize you, you are sharing a part of yourself with them. So the relationship you build with people that you collaborate with through music, specifically in co-writing, is um, it's such a special thing that mm-hmm. it's really hard to experience that level of relationship with 
you know, someone that you meet a couple times and, you know, you may have a, like a good conversation with them, but being able to songwrite with others, you really do share a part of yourself that, um, I enjoy personally when it comes to writing from the piano, uh, and composition, mm-hmm. mainly just solo piano. I, I tend to do that more myself. Um, I grew up playing piano since I was about four years old. So that's kind of my natural instrument and, you know, just spending time with the instrument. It's, mm-hmm. um, I find that I'll just kind of noodle around on it and sooner or later I'll come up with a little melody and then you kind of just build on that. And after, you know, half an hour or so, you, you got something. It may not be <laughs> the polished present that you hope it's going to be in the end, but it, it's a start. So I would say for songwriting, um, I can write solo, but I love collaborating with others. Because you, you get to experience other people's walks of lives and how they got to where they're at in their music career. Well, and it sounds like through that you're experiencing what I think so many people crave, which is a true deep connection. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have that in a lot of other activities in life. But when you get down to songwriting, it's like you're basically opening your soul to talk. And yep. when you do that with others, it's so deep and personal. So that's beautiful. Do you, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yep. Do you um did you have musical influences as a child that led you to the piano? How did that end up happening? Sure. So I guess the best way to describe it would be my biggest inspirations. Um, you know, I have a lot of singer-songwriter inspirations, but personally, my grandfather was a film composer for Universal Studios in the 60s and 70s, and he's very notable. His name was Stanley Wilson. He did a lot of a lot of those spaghetti westerns and those wow, TV shows. that's cool. You know, the thing was, I never got to meet him personally. He actually <gasps> passed away before I was born. Oh. But I've listened to his albums hundreds of times by this point, and it's almost... It's really cool because I feel connected to him just by hearing him through his work and his creative process and how he would arrange things and write things. Um, he was definitely an icon for um, for film scores and TV composers, especially in that, that time when mm-hmm. um, I guess the music market wasn't so saturated with so many people writing mm-hmm. music. Um, it was really more, it was more focused in that time. So he was a big inspiration for me. Uh, I just hear so many good things about him. And, um, it's, it's funny because we just moved into our new place and the piano he used to compose on had just been sitting in storage this whole time in Los Angeles. So I'm so excited that it's finally going to get moved from storage to our new place. And I'm going to have the opportunity to, to write music on the same instrument as my biggest inspiration. And what? I'm just, so grateful. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's so cool because you know, that. you know, things hold energy of people. You know what I mean? It's like right. his, his energy will be within that that piano, and you'll. Oh my god, I can't even wait to hear what it's going to be like when you start touching. <laughs> yeah. When you just get your fingers on the keys, you know. Oh, I can't wait. It's when is be that happening? Easter. When do you get it? I believe it comes in November twenty eighth. So oh, that would be that's so exciting. Uh, that's like five six week. days from now. Oh I, I know. Calm it down the days. <laughs> Are you like super excited? So excited. And 
I knew it had been sitting there for years and I was just thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, I, we gotta get that <laughs> piano back out and we gotta get it to be played. So I'm really, really looking forward to when it gets uh, rolled into our new place. <laughs> so I guess we now know what was calling you to LA. Yeah. That piano. It was like, hey, mm. get over here. I've been sitting in storage. Right. Come play me. <laughs> I can't wait. So you're going to do like an Instagram post of like unveiling of the piano, right? You need you need to share that moment with all of us. Absolutely. Okay. I would love to post that. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. I mean, how long has it been in storage, did you say? Like just years or you know, like... Years. Years, wow. I mean, I believe it was at my cousin's house for a little bit. And I think I did get the opportunity to play on it about 10 years ago. But they ended up buying another piano and then moved that one over to storage. So it was just sitting there. Mm. It's mm. a golden opportunity to. <laughs> Very exciting. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's huge. Right. That's huge. So um, what, before we started uh, recording, you mentioned that you were, you were in Wisconsin, where I'm from, at, right. at Lambeau Field. Why? <laughs> How did that so, happen? It's the most random thing. It, <laughs> what you come to understand is that people in Hawaii don't really have a sports team by default because Hawaii doesn't have any professional sports. So they kind of, we just get to pick a team. <laughs> and it just so happens that my favorite color is green. And, you know, I want the first time I ever watched football, I was probably five or six years old. And I just remember watching this one kid slinging it, um, Brett Favre. Ah, yeah. He turned out to just be my childhood hero. I, ended up cheering for them. And honestly, at the time, it was only because my favorite color was green. So I chose <laughs> that team. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. So I just oh, figured, wow. I think I'm just going to stick with these guys. And um, it's really cool because I had never been to a, a football game, an NFL game for that matter, up until maybe two years ago. My, my wife, she's so amazing. She just bought a pair of tickets for us to go and check out a game. And I didn't even, I couldn't believe it at first. I was kind of stunned mm -hmm. and it was real. The tickets were definitely real and we ended <laughs> up going. Uh, it was freezing cold, but uh -huh. totally worth it. It was so funny. We had to go and buy a couple layers of clothing at the, the clothing store at the stadium <laughs> just because we were getting so cold progressively throughout the night. <laughs> right, right. And it's such an affordable clothing store right there at the old, uh, on the field, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> I was blown away by the magnitude. I've only been to Lambeau once and it was a few years ago. And the magnitude of these games, like all of the events going on outside of the stadium right. were was mind-boggling, you. you know? There's just a certain atmosphere mm -hmm. at that stadium, Title Town, and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're if you love Green Bay or you're not a Packers fan at all. If you're a football fan, um, there's just something really special about that place. So we've made it a a yearly tradition to run out there once a year, um, and we're super excited for that. We have family <laughs> out in um, Illinois as well, so we kind of make it a pit stop we'll stay and hang out with them for about a week or so and then we'll just drive up for the oh game my gosh. that is so cool it's not very often that i we i mean there are so many green bay fans or packer fans in wisconsin mm -hmm. so it's rare for me to hear of people that just randomly pick them because of their color but i totally get <laughs> yeah. that because when i was a kid and i wanted to pick a football team even though the packers were here you know on our tv mm -hmm. every sunday 
I picked the Miami Dolphins because I really like the blue oh. and orange. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I would How's always that investment been for you. Yeah, not good. So, <laughs> but it was just like I mean I totally get the picking it for the colors because I'm like I don't like green and gold, but I really like that you know blue and yeah. orange. That's awesome. <laughs> so totally get that. <laughs> I was not expecting that's where that story was going to go. Um, so what is uh, something else that you, you talked about surfing and you've talked about your mm -hmm. music. What else is, you know, part of what makes up Co and the, the world that you're creating? Is there anything else that you, that we haven't uh, delved into? Sure. Um, it's not really a question of, is there anything else? It's like, what do I want to say? Right. There's yeah, so yeah. many things. There's probably at least a bajillion more things. Right. Well, I was going to ask you, do you have siblings? I have two half siblings, okay. so I have a brother and sister, and um, you know, we, we connect and keep in touch once in a while. I don't see them as frequently okay. as. So they're not musicians like you. No, no. they are architects and <laughs> surgeons. So. Oh, oh, okay, totally different. Yeah. They picked good financial routes. And, uh, <laughs> I went for the creative aspect. Well, <laughs> you have to do what you love. I imagine they love uh, designing our houses and. Uh... Right cutting people open or whatever that is healing people yeah that's a better way of looking at it that sounds way more positive yeah that yeah that didn't sound right that sounded really um what was that show the guy that like yeah anyway saw i don't know i need to not watch tv um so okay so what is the next thing that you are the next quest for you so you're getting the piano Mm -hmm. and you are in your new LA place. What, right. What's the next thing? I guess one of the beauties of being pulled out of your natural environment for me being Hawaii and placed in somewhere totally new mm -hmm. is that you start to view things from a different perspective mm -hmm. and you become more aware of more opportunities that are available. And um, initially there are less distractions, even though LA is full of distractions, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just a good opportunity for me and my wife to kind of just like pull back, look at everything we're doing as a whole, not only in our career fields, but through our family life and through our marriage and through our friends and relationships. And we're, we're just kind of figuring out the next steps for us to, mm -hmm. to jump out into the unknown and, and make a splash. Um, personally, I also have a passion of um, connecting others to their faith. And I, I would love to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. through the gift of music um if it can if it can connect others to the idea of the value and importance of faith family and friendships in our lives i would say that that would be a job well done on my part um i'm super excited for this next season i'm going to be working on a bunch of piano albums um, mm. i I want to put out a contemporary Christian album. I want to put out a Disney piano album. I want to put out a collection of, you know, my own material as well. But if I can somehow bring that around and connect people to the idea that faith, um, friendship, and family can be found as some of the most valuable tools and, and giftings we have in this world, then um, that would be a check mark for me. Um, part of... How do I say this? The beauty of being an independent artist in this day and age is mm -hmm. that it's the best time to be an independent artist. The, mm -hmm. I love not having a management team, mm -hmm. at least yet, of people telling me how I should be playing, what I should be playing. 
I love the freedom Mm -hmm. to not only um, create the music I love and have a drive for, but to also share that with people who would love this style of music, which is why, you know, the utilization of social media and marketing through there is, um, is so valuable in this day and age, especially mm-hmm. for the independent artists, for entrepreneurs in general, because we can connect with people in an instant across the world who maybe who just have a, a similar a similar passion or interest mm-hmm. that we have. And um, so, you know, I only started posting videos on Instagram of playing probably three months or so ago. And just the response and feedback that it's generated over that time, it's it builds momentum. And mm-hmm. I love momentum because it gets a little easier to move that rock every day. Right. So just kind of coming to a place where um, I can, I guess you would say target the right people who mm-hmm. love that style of music. That's what I want because, you know, the, being an independent artist, it's it's in the relationship business. That's mm-hmm. what it is. You want to develop relationships with people who enjoy that type of music, people you can collaborate with. And the utilization of social media in this day and age is of utmost importance when, um, if that is what you're pursuing. So You're absolutely right. It's so much easier to connect with people anywhere and in a very, you know, real way. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> people think, oh, you're only talking to people on the computer or whatever. But those connections, I mean, you and I, we've never met. I right. saw you on Instagram and look at, we're having a pretty pretty cool <laughs> conversation right now. And um, what I what I love about this, though, the way that you can do music these days is that um, you you can share your message and connect with people, but but there's like there's no like the fact that you can totally be true to it all the time, which is basically what you're saying. But you can be true to it yet gain success. And I think so many musicians today are less worried about being platinum, you know, oh, yeah. than they are just being relevant and real. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I love that movement that that's where the music industry is going. There's so many people that just want to they just want to say their words and play their songs. It's it's yep. not about like changing who they are to get a million you know records or songs sold it's really about expressing themselves and sharing their message and being true to that so social media definitely gives us that capability and you know every person you connect with knows that you're real and they know that you're sincere and that's that's a really great place to be for you right now i can totally see it i can totally see thank it. you so much jane yeah. that's really affirming appreciate that yeah so um do you have do you guys do you guys plan to uh, explore any more of the mainland in the in the coming up soon here? Well, it would seem as though we will probably be locked in in LA for some time. Uh, we are going to get to go home back to Hawaii mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks in the holiday seasons through Christmas and New Year's. So right. that I'm counting. We're counting down the days to that. <laughs> but we really are enjoying what we're doing here in Los Angeles and. We just know that with every day is just a new opportunity to do something mm-hmm. different and invest in others. That's, that's awesome. kind of the heart of what we're doing right now. That is so awesome. So um, I'm trying to think what else is coming to mind here to ask you. What is your favorite song that you've written? Do you have one? Mm. Ooh, that's a hard question. <laughs> It's probably, it depends on the time, it's, right? Yeah, it's funny because 
when you write a song as an artist, whether or not you admit it, it's kind of your baby. Yes. If that exactly. makes sense. Yeah. It's your best friend. You know mm-hmm. that you put your heart and a piece of you into that song. So I guess the cliche answer would be all of them. The if or, I had or, or to the last them, one. Or the last one, right? <laughs> yeah. The most recent one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess what I'm figuring out as a songwriter, a composer, um, these songs help artists get through their seasons of life so mm-hmm. with, with whatever they're doing. Um, being a songwriter, you want to tell a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the main thing. And whether when you become a successful songwriter or composer, it's because people can connect to your story and relate to it. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I would say living with you is mm. probably my favorite song. It just, that's all of me right there. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% within the lyrics, the musical arrangements, and just the heart behind the singing. Um, I would say Living With You. Okay, be I, it's beautiful. Favorite. I love your voice too. I don't, I don't think we mentioned oh, thank that. You so much. It's really beautiful. Um, do you find that now that you are more uh, like um, out there on social media, that you have people who are up and coming, you know, who are coming to you asking for advice? Who just want to know, hey, how did you do this? Or how can I get there or whatever? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm always, well, I try my best to connect with people online, whether it's through comments or, mm-hmm. you know, direct messages. Um, people ask or request songs or just ask how I did something. And, um, it really is an opportunity to share with them. I've noticed that when I reconnect with people from Hawaii that I haven't seen in a long time, they have mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it gives me just an opportunity to kind of share some insight because a lot of my friends in Hawaii, um, specifically in the music scene, also in you know art and photography, there's so much talent there. Mm-hmm. And um, the talent is, is a huge component, I believe, to the whole equation. But then the next step is kind of what we discussed, being able to um, mold that talent and present it to the right people at the right time in the right places. Mm-hmm. That would be the next step. Um, I have a lot of friends who are just killer songwriters and write amazing tunes um, that maybe just haven't connected in the, with the right circle yet. Mm-hmm. And if they take that next step, it's going to boom for sure. So the beauty of it is, is with music marketing and marketing in general is that you don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. In fact, making little mistakes or trying things out that maybe don't work as well as you anticipated um, not only tells you what not to do in the future, but it show, it gives others a sense that, you know, you're a human being. <laughs> We're all in this together, really. So Yeah, that is the way we are these days. It's um, the more we show our our realness, you know, our scars, mm-hmm. our mistakes, our, you know, all the pieces that make us up, make up us, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we can connect so much better. You know, when we pretend yeah. to be perfect, that's when it's hard to connect with anybody. Absolutely. I understand. And, you know, for um, with this whole Instagram push lately, it's what brings me the most joy is when I get a comment of someone saying that it brings them back to a time mm. where um, they were just filled with joy or it, it takes them back to seasons in life where it brings emotion out of them mm-hmm. and in a good way, uh, usually. <laughs> right. And um, 
that is filling on my part because I feel like I've done my job in connecting others to the idea of faith, family, and friendship and the importance of that. Mm -hmm. So that's a win-win situation when I come across things like that. Well, I'm just so glad that you're following your calling because I, I for one, do not believe there can ever be enough uplifting music, uplifting art, uplifting messages in the world because even if your your work just changes one life by hearing it, turns one corner for somebody, it's done its job. But my guess is it will do so much more than that. So I'm really so grateful that you're focusing your energy this way and your talent this way. Thank you, Jane, for your kind words. Mm-hmm. Um, very greatly appreciated. Definitely. So I want to make sure that the listeners can find some of this great and inspiring, mm-hmm. totally inspiring music. So do you want to tell us where they can best find you? Right. Um, the best way to find me would be through my website. That is comusic.live. That'd be K-O-music.live. I usually spend, for social media platforms, I spend most of my time on Instagram. And my Instagram account is co-writes. So that would be K-O-writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. And I'm all over you know, <laughs> Spotify and Apple Music and Facebook to under Kolomonaku. So I'm going to try to bring it around in a way that um, basically when I release these uh, piano compositions, more than likely early 2018 throughout the year and moving forward, I'm, I'm starting a, a collection of solo piano arrangements, original compositions, Disney tunes and contemporary Christian um, music under the co-writes collection. So the same username I have on Instagram, co-writes, will be the album names for the the piano tunes that I put out in 2018. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So we can watch now. for those. Yeah. That's great. So, um, you'll be able to search that on all the music streaming platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple Music, Pandora, you name it. I'll nice. Nice. You know, and I think I found living with you through a link in Instagram, but that's probably out on iTunes and all those places as well, correct? Yes, that'll awesome. be available on iTunes. I will have to put that on my Spotify list. You heard <laughs> thank it. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I, You are one inspiring guy, and I am so glad that you're focusing your energy this way for everybody to benefit. It's beautiful. Thank you, Jane. And thank you so much for what you're doing with this podcast. It really gives um, people an opportunity to share their story with the world. And I can tell it's from all different backgrounds. So um, it's it's a great job on your part on being able to kind of spread their message across to people who need to hear it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm having fun doing it. So I'm all in. <laughs> All right, well, take care, and we will, we'll catch up with you and keep an eye out for the albums coming out in 2018. And the post about your grandpa's piano. Oh, yeah. Okay. It'll be up. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right, Jane Bess. Take yeah. care. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's start with this. Stanley Wilson, icon. Oh, my gosh. He had so many movies and TV shows and other things that he did the... Um, the recordings for like wait till you go look at him go check it out i'll put the link in the show notes but things like the monsters and leave it to beaver and ah like so many things you won't believe it anyway what i learned from this show 
was just the coolness of going out and just helping people and letting the rest figure itself out. And I think it's pretty cool that he has that already figured out at this point in his life and the way that he's living that path 100%. And oh my gosh, I just can't wait to hear his next things come out. So be sure you're paying attention because we'll post them out there and make sure everybody can hear all the new albums and see the new piano. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. So are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.